Another aspect of it, and this took me a really long time to learn, is that it also shifts how others perceive you. So for years, I was, I would, especially in school, I would be confident in class. I did well in school. I felt pretty confident in the classroom or in a learning environment. And and I've been pretty good about that in the workplace as well, where I'm confident in a meeting or on stage, but I'm really awkward in a social situation. You are listening to the High Growth Founders Podcast, where we give you unfiltered truth and ideas about accelerating the growth of your startup and becoming the founder you were born to be. No fluff, no games, just straight to business. I'm your host, Casey Jones. Through my career as a coach, consultant, advisor, and mentor, I've worked with hundreds of founders on their go-to-market strategy, building an authentic personal brand, and growing as a leader. You are here for one thing, growth. And this show is dedicated to helping founders accelerate growth, period. We will dive into not only the best strategies that are working today, but discuss the biggest mistakes and failures that industry leaders have made in the past so you don't have to. So kick back, relax, and let's get into the show. All right, this episode was a long time in coming because this is something I talk about with my clients and with my friends and my colleagues freaking all the time. This one, we're going to dive into your inner critic because I guarantee you have one. And if you don't, I don't know, maybe you're a sociopath. (laughs) Um, The vast majority of people have one. And a lot of us really, really struggle with silencing, quieting that inner critic, dealing with that inner critic so that we can focus on the positive. So we're going to talk a little bit about the ways that this holds you back, because oftentimes you don't even realize the way it holds you back. And then some very practical strategies of how you can deal with it, because you deserve to focus on your inner self-lover, not your inner self-critic. Okay. So keep listening and I hope this helps. All right. Today we are talking about silencing your inner critic. And if you don't immediately know what I'm talking about, then you are one of the very rare few out there. But the vast majority of us, we've got this this part of our psyche, this part of ourselves who is frankly a bitch or an asshole or whatever genderless term I can use. It is that part of you that is downright cruel and um, struggles to let yourself feel pride and, and joy and, and honor for the things that you do and the things that you do well. And for most of my life, I had an absolutely, I mean, toxic inner critic. Um, this is something that I, was, I learned kind of as a child. I had this incredibly self-deprecating sense of humor. So anytime anybody paid me a compliment, compliment I would immediately respond with this rant about how I didn't deserve that compliment, how that was total BS, and that I was 
worthless. And I would do it in a way that was mostly funny and people would kind of laugh. But as people started to get to know me better, they'd realize that that wasn't a joke. And that seeped into every part of my life and my psyche and how I treated myself. And in the work that I've done with other founders, I know this is a really common one. And before we start to kind of dive into how this holds you back and how to start to quiet that inner critic, I want to make a a point here. Oftentimes we think of, we sort of conflate inner critic and imposter syndrome, and they're definitely related. I think an inner critic often leads to imposter syndrome or can play a role in it. But I think the inner critic in and of itself is more insidious and it's more toxic. And that's partly because it's a few reasons. One, we often think that our inner critic is has our best interests at heart, right? That, that you are giving yourself that criticism so that you can strive to be better. You can fix those parts of you. And that's bullshit. This is not, you know, part of your personal growth. And, and for years, I was so committed to this, this journey of personal growth, but I didn't actually really start to grow until I started to be a lot kinder to myself and started to put the inner critic to the side. And so it's that sort of that, that nuance of us thinking that it is good for us, that it is working towards something positive that frankly, it can be kind of a mind fuck because then you can't differentiate between what is actually getting you towards something good and what is just leading you down this kind of dark path. So so how does this hold you back? Because oftentimes we don't even realize it. And for years, I didn't realize it. I didn't know how this held me back. The more I kind of looked at it and and a lot of the work that I do with clients, this comes up where it's holding you back from actually shooting for big goals, big dreams, big opportunities you know, participating in that pitch competition, launching that new product or that new offer, going to the networking event, taking the call, like seizing those opportunities because you convince yourself that you can't do it. And that's BS. You can do it. You are going to figure it out. You've gone through harder, worse things, and you are worth that big, wild opportunity that you've been dreaming of. Another aspect of it, and this took me a really long time to learn, is that it also shifts how others perceive you. So for years, I was, I would, especially in school, I would be confident in class. I did well in school. I felt pretty confident in the classroom or in a learning environment. And and I've been pretty good about that in the workplace as well, where I'm confident in a meeting or on stage, but I'm really awkward in a social situation. And when people see you show up confidently in one aspect of your life, but being awkward in another, guess what? They don't, they don't give you the benefit of the doubt and think that you're being shy and awkward. People for years, years, and they still do sometimes because I still get really awkward at, at networking events. This is one reason why COVID has been kind of great is I don't feel the need to go to them. I will be quiet. I will be sort of awkward. I will stand in the corner. And instead of people thinking, oh, she's shy, they think, oh, she is cold. 
She thinks she is better than others. The, the, the phrase I got a lot in my 20s was bitchy and aloof. And I'm not exaggerating. When I was in college, by the, I went to a very small school, um, very intellectual, and I was kind of a social pariah. And I had, I can distinctly remember four different conversations my senior year, and I'm sure there were probably more, but where I would be at a party or I would finally get to know someone and they'd say, oh my God, I feel so badly. I'd be like, oh, why? And they'd say, well, I've hated you for the last three years. I, I always thought you reminded me of that bitchy girl from high school. And now that I'm talking to you, I realize you're actually really nice. <laughs> but you know, when I was younger, I would blame them for that. And, and it took me a while to realize like this was the energy that I was putting out there. And I was letting my inner critic have me show up in a way that made it very clear to people that I had a wall up and they interpreted that wall in a different way. Um, another aspect of this is you're going to also, you're going to interpret everyone else's actions as really negative. I say this all the time. If you are looking for something to go wrong or you're looking for something bad in your life, you will be able to find it, period, end of story. So if you are listening to your inner critic about the fact that you're worthless, you aren't worthy of these things, you're a screw up, blah, 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 you are going to view everyone else's behavior and opportunities or, excuse me, interactions as evidence that you are not worthy, you're not good enough. And so you're going to in, interpret their behavior in the worst possible way when oftentimes it has nothing to do with you. Right. And lastly, and I think this is one of the biggest is if you think that you don't deserve good things, then you are going to allow other people to treat you poorly. You're going to get into situations where they, um, you know, betray your boundaries, where they don't um, treat you with respect, where they don't appreciate you because you will, you on some level think that you deserve that. And so for years, all, all of my life, most of through, mostly through my 30s, I was constantly getting into situations, romantic, work-related, like you name it, where people didn't treat me with respect. They didn't uh, treat me with appreciation. And I allowed them to because on some level I thought I deserved it. If you're listening to this show, I know you care about growth, growth of the revenue and even better, the profits of your business, growth of the freedom and autonomy in your life and growth of yourself as a founder. And you are exactly who I created the high growth founders newsletter for. When you subscribe every week, you get an email with simple, actionable advice to help you be the high growth founder you were meant to be. No BS, no fluff just the strategies, tactics, and resources I've learned that help you grow your business and yourself as a founder. So go to newsletter.highgrowthfounders.com and subscribe today. So these are some of the things that if you, if you can just start silencing that inner critic, put that inner critic in her place or his place. I call mine a her because frankly, my inner critic has my mom's name because that's where I learned my inner critic from. Sorry, mom. 
you are going to, if you, if you can learn to silence that inner critic, to quiet her down, you will start to see growth and potential and opportunities in every aspect of your life. And you're also just going to enjoy your life a whole lot more. Okay. So, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about how you actually do the work and silence this inner critic. So first of all, number one, you got to separate yourself from your inner critic. So give them a name. Um, I have a friend who I don't know why she's named her Cynthia. And so whenever that inner critic comes up, she'll be like, Cynthia, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear it. And it's okay to get mad at your inner critic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a part of you, but it's not you. And detaching yourself, differentiating yourself from your inner critic makes it much easier to recognize it's not you and to quiet that inner critic. But here's the other part of it. The second thing you kind of got to do is you've got to accept it. So it's not about getting furious every time the inner critic comes up. It's about putting her in her place, right? So uh, let me give you an example. When I was in, in college, um, I dealt with a ton of body image issues when I was growing up and, and through most of my 20s. And I remember I would always, and I remember a therapist bringing this up with me, I would always think about body image as this war, as this battle. And so I'd be like, oh, you know, my, my war of, of body image or, you know, my battle with these issues. And she was like, why, why do you, she's like, your body image issues are you having issues with yourself? Why would you be at war with yourself? Instead, accept that part, but also almost treat it like a kid. Right. And I remember do, t- telling this to a friend and he brings this up with me. We talked about this probably 12 years ago and he still brings up, brings it up with me about how helpful this was for him where, you know, when you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, I look so fat instead of being like, oh no, you must love yourself. Be like, oh, sweetheart, look at you. You're getting all in a tizzy about your insecurity. Like it's okay. And so, yeah, it's almost you condescending to that part of you, but it's also you accepting that like, this is a part of you and, and you can treat that part with love, right? Almost like, like a, like a kid throwing a temper tantrum. You yelling at the kid is not going to make that temper tantrum stop any sooner. And it's certainly not going to help them be a better kid later on, but you can be like, oh, sweetheart, give them a hug, give them a little bit of love right? Joke around with them. It's about, it's about minimizing the impact, not treating it as this epic battle because it's an epic battle with yourself and we don't need to be in a battle with ourselves. That is just not helpful. So a third thing you can do is to learn to become more mindful, right? So meditate, find a therapist, slow down and allow yourself to get curious about this part of you. Because what I learned is that this was coming from things that I'd learned as a kid and, and not, this isn't, you know, my parents' fault. They were doing the very best that they could, but oftentimes their attempts at encouraging the best in us led me to focus on the negative. And as I've gotten more mindful and gotten more curious about where these thoughts and feelings come from, it becomes easier for me to understand their source, to deal with them, to to navigate them, and to be more present when they come up. 
the thing about mindfulness and the practice of meditation in general is that it makes you less reactive. So when these thoughts come up, instead of immediately having this knee-jerk reaction to get really upset and to try to challenge them, you can slow down. You can accept the thought and let it go and move on to something else, move on to something more positive. I mean, meditation is kind of the solution for like freaking everything. It's why we should all be doing it and why I should be doing it a whole lot more, (laughs) right? But be more mindful. Be more present. Slow the fuck down. And the last two kind of points I'm going to make are really interlinked. One is stop comparing yourself to others. We often are are comparing our lowest points to someone else's highlight reel that we're seeing on social media. You don't know these people. You don't know what they go through. You don't know what their day-to-day is like. You're only seeing the snippet. And when you compare yourself to others, you get caught in this really negative feedback loop where you can't really learn from them. You just get caught up in the comparison and in the negativity, and it doesn't help you. It doesn't feed you. And part of that, and this is my last point, is start to practice self-compassion. Treat yourself like a kid or a friend that you love. So when you start to go down that negative path, how would you respond to one of your best friends who's ranting about, ranting negatively about themselves? You would love them. You would give them a big hug. You would encourage them. You would encourage them to love themselves. So be the friend that you deserve. Be the the amazing, good, caring, loving friend that I guarantee you are to others. So it's time to practice that with yourself. And part of this is when these thoughts come up, it's not about shushing them in a, in a it's not about repressing them. It's about recognizing them, putting them in their place, uh, minimizing them, and redirecting your attention to something more positive. But I want to emphasize, it is not about repressing them or ignoring them. It's simply about redirection. Okay, don't give them more energy, but also allow them to kind of get it out and then focus on the positive. If you repress these thoughts, they will still stay there. They will still fester and they will just come up when you least expect it. So love yourself the way you deserve it. Be the friend that you deserve to have. And think about all the ways that that inner critic is just trying to do right by you, trying to do what's best, but they're misguided. So you can love them for their sweet... (laughs) I was going to say their sweetness. No, they're not sweet. But you can love them for trying. And then you can recognize within yourself and let them know that you're not going to go that route anymore that that doesn't actually help you. And all of the harsh criticism doesn't actually improve you. It brings you down. And instead, you deserve to be lifting yourself up. And so you're going to focus on that from now on. And who knows, maybe eventually, Cynthia, or whatever you call your inner critic, will start instead being your inner self-love ally. I hope this helped. I hope you can take some of this to heart because I guarantee the vast majority of you listening are dealing with this at least a little bit. And as always, in love and growth, talk to you next week.
I hope you enjoyed that episode on the High Growth Founders Podcast. If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show of whatever podcast platform you're tuning in from. And look, much like this show, I love getting into the good, the bad, and everything in between. So please feel free to express yourself in the reviews of the show. And consider subscribing to the High Growth Founders newsletter by going to highgrowthfounders.substack.com. You'll get the show delivered to your inbox every single week, plus stories, insights, and actionable tips from my work helping founders accelerate their growth and from my own journey, accelerating my own. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we are here to learn from one another. So please, if the episode made you think of a founder who is leveling up in their business, take a screenshot and share it with them. Okay, that's all I've got. In love and growth, I am out of here. See you next time. 